step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the FjorgeCast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast with your host, Tim Barsness. Thanks for joining us on FjorgeCast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we will be, we will be talking with Simon Poulton of digital marketing agency WPromote. Welcome to the show, Simon. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Simon, can you tell us a little about your company? Absolutely. So um, W Promote uh, was founded by um, Mike Mothner uh, back in 2001, uh, actually out of his dorm room at Dartmouth. It's a, it's a funny story, actually. He uh, was originally going to go uh, work at an internship at Goldman Sachs. Uh, they asked him during the interview, hey, you sound so passionate about this this company. Why don't you, um, why, why don't you see that through? And he said, you know what, maybe I will. And uh, here we are several years later as one of the largest uh, independent digital marketing agencies uh, in the United States, uh, which, is, which has been very, very exciting for us. Very cool. And what's your, what's your role? I am the director of digital intelligence here. So I basically oversee uh, our analytics teams and, and our data science teams. And how did you get into, into um, digital intelligence? Well, that's actually something that I've uh, I've wanted to do for quite some time. I, uh, when I was when I was much younger, just loved the internet, loved building websites, uh, loved everything about it. Didn't actually realize that people could do this and get paid for it. Uh, so over the years, I, I found that that I was able to to use my hobby um, in in the digital marketing space uh, as well as the statistics space uh, t- together. So ultimately, uh, I. I've, was pushing for this role for quite some time. I, I've seen where the the track record and the the path in marketing right now is is going, and, I, and I'm, I'm very I'm very confident about uh, investing a lot of uh, my time uh, here because I think this is at least where the next ten years in marketing growth is really going to be focused around. What was it about websites that drew you to them so much in your childhood? You know, it, it it's hard to to pin one thing down, but I think. The idea of, of free expression. I, I grew up in New Zealand, and and New Zealand's very small, and we're very isolated from the rest of the world. It actually it's about a thirteen hour flight from Los Angeles. So the idea that I could go online and I could produce something that people in America would see, that people in England would see, was really compelling to me. So uh, I think that that was my initial foray into it, and then I realized that uh, it it wasn't something that a lot of people could do. And of course, when when you're younger, you like to find things that you're better uh, at than other people. Well. I guess <laughs> throughout your whole life, but uh, I was always okay at sports, but I was always really, really good when it came to building websites and just understanding how people interact uh, interacted online. Uh, when did you move to the States? I actually moved out to uh, Los Angeles, California, approximately 11 years ago, and I'm very, very excited to say uh, that I actually became a citizen last year. So uh, I'm now, uh, now a tri-citizen of the United States, uh, New Zealand, and England. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Very excited. Uh, what's the coolest thing you've done in your career? Simon, what does your day look like at WPromote? Yeah, I'm actually fairly fortunate that my day uh, is always a little bit of a surprise. It always keeps me on my toes. So uh, if you look at my calendar, it actually looks a little bit like a rainbow and that everything is color-coded. 
Um, so I do also have a team that I work with out in Dallas. Uh, our team is, is somewhat distributed across the, the country. So I, I like to spend my mornings with them. Uh, and then typically throughout the rest of the day, I'll be engaging with clients or with other teams here um, at WPromote uh, to, to solve a variety of problems. Sometimes they're, they're, they're fairly simple ones where we already have a process in place. Uh, but more often than not, we are seeing a lot of very new and unique issues uh, that, that, that are just unique to uh, an individual client, uh, which is always really, really exciting for me to, to, to find a new problem to, to hopefully solve. That's great. I love having uh, random days that keep you on your toes and they go by quickly. Yeah, absolutely. At, at four o'clock, we'll roll around and I'll be like, I feel like it's maybe 11. Uh, but then I, I, you know, I, 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 the week just goes by so quickly. And before I know it, it's Saturday. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so in, in your in your day-to-day -day work, you're working on um, digital marketing, you're working on um, in the advertising space. Can you tell us more about the types of work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been fortunate enough to uh, actually recently transition from uh, one of the account um, strategy directors here uh, into the director of digital intelligence role. So with those, um, with, with, with the strategy team, I was actually working with a lot of our enterprise clients uh, across all aspects of digital marketing. Uh, and, and that's something that, that I'm very passionate about. And I, and I think it's a very uh, great fit for the analytics side of things because really all the changes that are happening on the digital marketing side, all, all the trends we're seeing there, those are all influencing what we need to start measuring and how we need to start talking about the, these really um, quite complex topics with, with our clients uh, and trying to find ways to, to distill them down into a, we, we're aware that you don't spend every hour of your day reading about attribution, here's how we should be talking about it. And what are some um, big trends in attribution currently? Yeah, so attribution right now, I think, for a number of years has been this brilliant idea, but it's also been so far away, and we've had a lot of different theories on it, so there's been uh, multiple different models that you can look at. Of course, everything started with the, with the last click model. We weren't even really calling it attribution at that point. We were just calling it conversions. Uh, and then people started to say, well, there are multiple touch points here. And we really are in between, um, I, I think, a couple phases right now. The, the, what we, the data that we do have is obviously at the click point. We can really start to assess what's happening throughout the buyer journey on the website. Uh, but there are a lot of challenges that come with cross-device tracking and, and really user centricity. But that's really where analytics is going right now. We, we like to think of this as the, the third wave of, of analytics is this idea of user centricity. And that, that's really where Facebook is investing heavily. But the big challenge that we're, we're facing right now is ensuring that we have the right data from the major players in the ads space. So when Facebook, when, when you're buying on Facebook, when you're buying on Google, you are getting um, a lot of overlap. And for the first time in a long time, we have the advertisers now saying, hmm, we are seeing some strange numbers between Facebook and Google. We're not sure if we trust them entirely. And of course, this is how it used to be uh, back, back when there was very, very limited insight. And now it's something that's really changing the way they're looking to invest. So breaking down that wall between Facebook and Google really is central to uh, driving the field of attribution forward. Absolutely. I heard you say um, user centricity. How does um, user centricness or user centricity um, impact attribution? Excellent question. That, that, that this is one uh, that, that even a lot of attribution models right now aren't taking into account. They are simply just 
saying, hey, we, we can look at a first touch, maybe we can look at some other interactions all the way through to a purchase. The problem here is that oftentimes we, we get our current customers, we, we, we get different bases uh, with, within, that, within that cohort, and it's not really telling a true story. It's also complicated by the idea of going cross-device and user recognition across device is something that we are still having a very hard time solving for. I think that Facebook is making some huge advances there, especially when it comes to things like advanced matching uh, or, or just their, their Atlas um, environment and the, and the world they've created there. So that um, vehicle for, for tracking users across all interactions, not just on your site, really is where the future of attribution is going to need to go. Absolutely. Uh, we need to take a break, but when we come back, we will be getting some advice from Simon on digital marketing. Don't go away. Georgecast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to... A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjordCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Simon of digital marketing agency, WPromote. Uh, Simon, can you give our listeners a pointer on on how you guys do your work so successfully? You know, I think a lot of it comes down to how much you care. Uh, people often say you can't teach people to care, and I think that's very true. We've been uh, very fortunate, uh, and I think very selective to find a, a group of individuals here that really do care. Um, to take it back to the beginning of my career, 
I didn't know this was a job. It was a hobby first. And I think we have a lot of people like that that come to come to this environment because they actively love digital marketing. They want to do good things. And, and that just allows them to, to appear like they're, they're doing a great job um, when really this is, this is their hobby. So, so it just comes so easily and naturally to them. How does W Promote hire people who care? I think a lot about it comes from the way we look to approach new candidates. Um, WPMOD actually approached me about a year before I decided to join, and um, they, they, they had a few value propositions, which I, which I was very interested by. But really, what, what it got me the most excited was uh, speaking with the executive team here about their plans for growth. And, and growth is something that I think when people care, they, they see a company that's growing, they want to be part of it. People want to get in on the ground floor. Everyone wishes they could go back uh, five, six, seven, eight years and be part Part of the original Facebook. And I think that is exactly the, the, the mindset with which we go out to find these people say, we're building something great and we want you to be a part of it. So when you joined the team, you were kind of handpicked to join? I, I, I was fortunate enough to be, to be selected to uh, join the team, but it was a, it was a very new role. Um, the, the strategy team uh, was something here that, that hadn't necessarily uh, existed in its own capacity before. And uh, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, meet the, uh, the VP of strategy here, Marissa Allen, uh, who, who I love working with, who, who really had the vision for the, what this department could be and, and is growing it um, every day. And it's, it's just love, love, lovely to see. Absolutely. Um, so let's go back to attribution for a little yeah. bit here. Um, are you working with attribution models that kind of split attribution ab amongst multiple touches? So I think when we're thinking about multi-touch attribution, um, there's a lot that goes into it. In, in short, yes, we are working with them. But the, the bigger picture here is, do you have all the data that you need to go into the model? And unfortunately, what I'd say right now is a, a lot, if not uh, all attribution models are uh, and platforms are lacking in some way with the ability to include this data. I think it's one thing to have attribution once a user gets on site, uh, but but it's a it's a whole other thing to look at. Well, what about the view throughs? What about the interactions off site? And and with the massive uh, role that social media plays these days, there's even more value to that view through conversion. And and I feel like a lot of platforms aren't taking that into account, um, and especially because they they just simply can't track that data. So uh, double click, for example. Um, I, I know we're uh, straying away from, from uh, talking about Analytics 360 or anything there, but the, the, the way DoubleClick uh, is able to track uh, Facebook users uh, is very limited in, in terms of looking at remarketing audiences or custom audiences. Those, unfortunately, cannot be tracked, and so you really do lose some of the line of sight there of how valuable the, the interactions were on, on these other platforms. So, so right now, I'm really hoping to, to move away from any kind of... Um, uh, true sort of here's a first, here's a last. I really think that the future is going to be a data-driven one where we are looking uh, at, at very, very different models for everyone just based on what actions drove the propensity to purchase, which I think is, at the end of the day, the dream of attribution from day one. What needs to happen in order for that model that you just described to um, become a reality? Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, I think, right now because of what the domino effect is of making certain changes. So to, to get this data, we really need Google, Facebook, the other major players in the space to, to come to the table uh, and share, share more information. So ideally, uh, sharing transaction IDs is, is, is a huge part of this. So we can piggyback on the attribution that, that they are originally claiming uh, and then pull that into a, a unified system. Using something like uh, a Google BigQuery or something like that, you can then look to 
pull this data in, look at different timestamps, and understand what was actually driving this 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 purchase. And you can start to model that based on, uh, it, it wouldn't just be guessing if, well, this one happened closest to the action. It really would be, but we've seen with all these other interactions that it's likely the last impression via remarketing is what is driving this this, this purchase. So we're going to give some more of the weight there. I think right now, though, the, the challenge with getting that data is one that Google doesn't want to give it up and Facebook doesn't want to give it up. And it's likely that we'll need to have a third party attribution solution come in here and kind of be the the middleman that will shake hands with both parties, but not release that data. Because otherwise, I think the, the, there could be some uh, challenges to to investing in cert on certain platforms if it's too, uh, too transparent and too widely available. Are there any other ways around this this Google and Facebook problem? Not in, not in its current form. Unfortunately, the transparency that exists right now is very, very limited. So when we think about uh, Facebook claiming uh, credit or Google claiming credit for a conversion, you can only see that based on uh, last click transaction ID. So we can see transaction IDs in Google Analytics or any other analytics platform if we're pushing them in, but we cannot see what ads are claiming credit for which transactions. We just know it at a, at a higher level. So if we were to um, allow for that data to, to, to pass through freely, then you, then, then you can tell. But without that, we really are at the, at the mercy of Facebook or, or Google to say, hey, we, we drove this many conversions and, and this is your return on ad spend. Right now, it really is, though, a bit of a, it's, it's a, bit of a dark world out there. We, we really can't see much beyond the horizon. Why are they not willing to be transparent? I think that comes back to it, it, it's one big game of chess. Uh, the uh, in in the world that they live in, Google is obviously very afraid of Facebook. Google has been the dominant player in the ad space for years now, and I think that with the emergence of social, um, Google obviously wanted in in that market. Google Plus never really uh, worked out as as, as they'd hoped, um, although they might argue otherwise from a from a user identification point of view, but. Facebook, I think, is, is in the seat right now where they need to be the ones to uh, provide this level of information. I think Google is playing um, well by, by, by the end user, by, by us, the, the client um, side, or sorry, the, the agency side end user. But Facebook really has not released any of this. They, 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 they did come out with a Facebook analytics tool, and they are talking a lot about multi-touch attribution, but all of that involves feeding your data into Facebook, it going through some kind of box, and then shooting out a nice little result on the other side, which while might satiate some, is certainly not what we need in the future. And it's not going to um, really drive the, the million dollar changes. And, and really, I think that's what comes from is you want to move slow because this is uncharted territory. So if Facebook tomorrow came out and released all transaction IDs, they don't know what's going to happen. They are a publicly traded company. So they have to keep in mind that if, they're, if, if people start to stop investing in their platform, then they have a, a, a challenge on their hands. And, and this is the kind of thing that could um, ultimately limit if people start to say, hey, Facebook is getting a lot of uh, view throughs as, as well as all these other platforms that, that, that are also uh, working for us and it costs more. Maybe we should go somewhere else or maybe we should invest fully in Facebook. I think right now, though, we just don't know what the case is. And, and until this data gets released, it's going to be very hard to assess it. And it's probably very different for multiple different companies. Along those same lines, Simon, how can organizations proactively organize their data collection um, for future analysis? 
Yeah, and, and, and that absolutely is very much related because there are these uh, missing puzzle pieces. I, you know, it's like if you go to a store and you buy a puzzle and they go, yep, you got to build it, and then in six months we're going to give you the next piece. And, and you're thinking, oh, it's going to look terrible until then, but it, it's just what we have to do. So with that in mind, a lot of organizations um, are moving towards database-driven solutions. And we're seeing even just third parties out there like Domo or, or um other metrics collection companies where they are trying to collate this data uh, in, into, a, into a single space to allow for greater analysis. Now, of course, there's two sides to data collection. There's the, the DMP side and the, and the advertising side. And then there's a side right now that, that, that we're touching on, uh, which is more the, the CRM side and the idea of um, this, this data that you're able to collect about all consumer interactions, about everything that they do across multiple purchases. Because really, the future of the space is moving towards lifetime value models and understanding what our cost per acquisition looks like relative to those models. I think in the past, we were able to look at, at, at digital marketing and say, hey, that is actually a very affordable place to be. And, and I think it's still very affordable because of the nature of targeting. You're not uh, advertising it to uh, you know, prescription medication to a bunch of 25-year-olds like they do uh, <laughs> throughout the, uh, the NFL. Um, but you are seeing um, the, the costs rise across the board. And that's something that, that organizations are starting to care more about. And they're starting to say, is my cost per acquisition okay in terms of the, the, uh, the, the relative um, value there versus the lifetime value for, for these individuals? So that's certainly something that we're trying to move towards. And, and in terms of organizations supporting that, they need to be actively collecting all this data right now. They need to be thinking, what holes do we think we might be able to fill in six, nine, 12 months from now, and how do we, how do we organize around that? So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the IT space and, and everything there. Actually, I came from a software company before joining WPromote, and, and there are enterprise architects that really work to integrate those silos within organizations and look to see where data needs to flow and process. So I don't think there's a need to reinvent the wheel here. I think we just need to modify the wheel and look at how we can unify some of these data silos that exist within organizations uh, and, and then ultimately uh, proactively prepare for the future of, of any new data that will need to uh, be pushed into, to, to the, into the organization. I think that's a great point. It almost sounds like you're saying, you know, don't overthink it. Don't, you know, throw everything that you have currently out. Um, right. Let's work with what you have and just try to improve it. A absolutely. Perfect. Uh, we need to take our second break, but when we come back, we will uh, get into Big Data's impact on e-commerce. Don't go away. FjorgeCast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. 
content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjorgeCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjorgeCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Simon Poulton of W Promotes. Our first story today titled, What is Big Data and What Does It Mean from the E-Commerce Industry? Uh, published in GetApp. Um, the article covers how big data impacts e-commerce. Can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that, Simon? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is actually really, really well related to, to the last note about uh, the, the collection of data. Uh, but one big trend right now is, is that I'm seeing, at least, is there's a lot of data that's being collected and people just don't quite know either how to use it or why they should be using it. Uh, but, but someone at one point in time has just gone, hey, we should collect all this data. And, and, and that's not a bad thing. It's just to say, is it going to answer the business questions that we have? Uh, and, and more and more, we are seeing the techniques and, and, and the understanding of data that has been applied for a very long time in spaces like finance or insurance. That kind of, 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 of acumen when it, when it comes to data science is something we're now borrowing and, and moving over into the world of digital marketing. Uh, marketing technology is something that is still fairly in its infancy, um, guys like Scott Brinker, they're really driving the field forward, and I'm very excited to, to, to see where they're taking it. Uh, and, and just in general, when it comes to the role of big data, that is it's everything. It's, it's how we're going to inform that, that customer lifetime value that we talked about. It's how we're going to inform the uh, appropriate cost per acquisition and then determine, is this likely to be a good customer? If we can proactively determine who our best customers will be just based on some, some shared traits, that's the kind of thing that will really help us become m much more efficient. And in this world, an inch really is a mile. If, if, if you're just ahead of your competitors, you are leading the pack, and, and that's really all that matters. Sure. Um, I'm curious... If you have some um, demographic or um, psycho psychographic characteristics that um, are strong indicators of like lifetime value, so that's uh, I, I think that question is, is not one that can be answered on aggregate as much as it can be um, viewed per a client. So if you've got uh, a retail fashion brand, for instance, you probably have a, a, a good understanding of who your ideal persona might be, uh, and, and, and you might be able to target them. But really, what we are looking for in that instance might be uh, their, their geographic location relative to a store, their propensity to become an omni-channel consumer, their propensity to come back and make multiple purchases within a time frame, and, and just better understanding what cohort they fit into there and, and how much it's worth going after those individuals. So at a high level, I, I can't really say, hey, this this group's far more likely to buy uh, just because that, 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 that doesn't exist. There'll be some brands where uh, a certain group will be very, very likely to buy, and, and then that same group for another brand that's very different won't, won't buy at all. Uh, so, so, so even though they might have a propensity one, one space, they certainly don't have it anywhere else. If you, if you are a given brand, let's say that fashion brand you were just talking about, um, how do you go about identifying uh, correlation with characteristics um, of a, a strong lifetime value customer? Excellent question, and, and I think the the base level of that comes down to how are you collecting your data? What 
kind of information are you collecting? There's a lot of information that's available out there that, that either just goes under the rug, people aren't capturing it, but we can unify a lot of uh, the, the, a user's experience on the website, for example, uh, with their ultimate purchase and then compare that with other users uh, on the site. So we see this a lot in these recommended uh, widgets, but that's obviously just the, the base level of it. To take it to the next level, we really do start to look at um, propensity to purchase in store. So uh, when we talk about finding that omni-channel consumer, it's likely that they're going to be possibly within eight miles of a store location. If they are there, then we look to see if we can push them to buy online. If we can get them to buy online, they now have two different places they will go to interact with the brand. And that that, that, that marker alone is hugely uh, indicative that they will likely uh, have a, a greater lifetime value just because they, they have a, di a diversified brand experience and it's on, it's on their terms. They can decide where they want to go uh, versus the, the stores that, that only have an online presence or maybe only a physical presence uh, because maybe they don't have a very good online one. Absolutely. And that's it for today on Fjordcast. We are out of time. Thanks for being on the show today, Simon. Thanks a lot, Tim. Really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Uh, you can find Simon on Twitter at, at @spolton, or you can find WPromote online at wpromote.com. Uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of the program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 